Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform and if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button and you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, or you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here is a quick canter through the key highlights for the Megabyte CEO barometer this month which covers both July and August as we took our customary break this summer in August. It was actually overall a very quiet period for share prices in the tech sector on both sides of the Atlantic and overall most of the indices we look at were down slightly over that period. But this does belie something of a uh, more volatile uh, period underneath that with really quite strong gains in, in July pretty much given back, all but given back during August. In terms of deal flow, actually a pretty positive uh, period for uh, for, for activity in the UK tech sector, we registered a total of 192 deals on our database over July and August. That was down 8% year on year, um, but actually uh, stronger deal flow than we have seen over previous months um, on the whole. Particularly positive in VC and private equity, and I'll come back to that. We're definitely seeing some further uh, green shoots of activity in the capital markets uh, with eight deals recorded over July and August, um, but it is almost all follow-on public offering activity and there's only one small IPO within those eight deals, but that was up from just two in, uh, in the same period last year. Venture capital, as you know, has been one of the hardest hit areas uh, uh, over the last 12 or 18 months in terms of deal activity and funds raised. But we saw a pretty robust uh, performance from that part of the market over the summer. We recorded a total of 62 deals. That was down slightly year on year, but the total amount of money raised was up nearly 20% to 932 million. So I am now starting to feel like that venture capital cycle is starting to turn, and I do expect things to pick up gradually over the coming months. Perhaps surprisingly as well, private equity activity was very robust over the summer. Given that we'd been really quite negative, there have been some very negative signs uh, about private equity coming into the summer. Um, that's quite a surprising result, I think. The emphasis is still on management buyouts, uh, and there were many more of those this year than last year, and secondary buyouts were flat, although that is still better than it had been um, in recent months. Very interestingly as well, two significant software public to privates announced over the summer as well. So we are seeing that trend return, which obviously is a bit of a corollary to the, uh, to the more positive comments they made about the capital markets. M&A volumes continue to be quite weak actually, um, particularly in ICT services where higher debt servicing costs are definitely impacting some of the uh, volume M&A we've been seeing in ICT services. Total number of M&A transactions in the sector we saw across software and ICT services was down at about 100 over the summer compared to 119 last year. So, so we are seeing continuing reduction in volumes there. 
Looking at the outlook, I feel more positive, frankly, than I have done for several quarters about the outlook in terms of corporate activity. I think that the, it feels to me, talking to uh, companies, investors and advisors across the sector as we do, that the world and the, and, and the universe we live in, people are getting used to the idea and they're getting used to the new norm of higher interest rates, higher debt cost, debt servicing costs and um, lower valuations. There's still, some, there's still some corks in the bottle, particularly maybe mid-market ICT services deals with still some of those that um, everyone's waiting to see who the first person to blink is. But overall, I think we are getting used to this new norm, and I do think that will result in better deal volumes uh, as we go through the rest of this year and particularly into next year. So that's a quick canter through the key highlights for this month. Let's get on with the show. So looking first in a little bit more detail of what's been going on in uh, the capital markets over the summer months. And as I mentioned, it was a really very lacklustre uh, period for share price performance, both here and in the US. Uh, the megabyte um, index, uh, megabyte universe index of about 150 UK listed tech stocks was down 2%. Indeed, the software and ICT services indices within that were both also down 2%. The EV EBITDA for the whole universe was down slightly as well to 12 times and within that software was down uh, um, about 4% to 13.2 times and EV EBITDA, uh, current year EV EBITDA for ICT services stocks was down again slightly to 9 times and we've now seen that, uh, I, that ICT services valuation below 10 times for a number of months and it, it does slightly feel now that uh, double-digit multiples for uh, ICT quoted ICT services stocks is a distant memory for the time being. For context, the, the FTSE 250 was up fractionally over the summer, so we saw a slight underperformance from, uh, from the uh, tech sector. Modestly better in the US, the Nasdaq was up 2% over the summer, the tech-heavy Nasdaq, um, but the multiples were down there a little bit as well. Uh, the, uh, the Nasdaq currently trading on 16.2 times current year EV EBITDA. The Bessemer Venture Partners Cloud Index, NASDAQ Cloud Index, that was flat over the summer, but it was up over 7% at one point during July, but gave all those gains back during August. And the EV sales multiple there is flat at about 7.4 times. That's been reasonably steady now for a while. It's important, that index, because a lot of VC deals are done off um, what goes on, or the confidence in the VC market um, is partially dictated by what's happening in that index. Um, in terms of deal flow, total of eight deals in the capital markets uh, in the UK compared to two in the same period last year. Seven of those deals were full-on public offerings and there was also one very small IPO. Uh, last year, it was, uh, it was all uh, the two deals were, were both follow-on public offerings. And there was a more substantial IPO in June as well. So we are definitely seeing some green shoots in the UK capital markets for the tech sector. I genuinely wouldn't get carried away with how much of those green shoots are developing, uh, but they're definitely there. We saw double-digit million um, uh, follow-on public offerings from YouGov, Cooth, Wandisco and others. And so, uh, you know, there is definitely a market there for secondary uh, fundraisings, which hasn't been there for a while. Um, but I wouldn't get carried away with um, just how strong it is out there. You know, we've got to bear in mind that the total funds raised is probably no more than 100 million. So it was just 10% of what was raised roughly uh, within the VC market alone. So, you know, it's really still very subdued in the capital markets. I mentioned my favorite word there briefly, and you thought you'd got away with it, but I am going to talk about it a bit more. Uh, Wandisco. And soon that name was going to be consigned to history. Uh, and you will not be referring to Wendisco as Wendisco as it has been for over a decade on the capital markets. You will be referring to it as Sirata. And I think, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to say it. And um, the management team, like many management teams before, will be hoping that a name change will miraculously 
uh, 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 transform the financial performance of the company. I'm, I'm being facetious. I mean, like, to be fair, I didn't think they'd get this fundraising done. So I maybe should give the management team, the new management team, a bit more credit uh, as they really uh, try and do the magic trick with Randisco and get this business to profitability before that $30 million runs out. We shall see. And obviously, I'll be tracking that very closely um, on this show. So some, some activity to be happy about. What does that mean for the outlook? I think overall, I've been saying for most of the year that the outlook in capital markets will improve towards the end of the year. It is improving. I wouldn't get carried away by that. Um, you know, we are seeing some green shoots, but um, it's still very uh, uh, relatively low numbers. And of course, there's been a lot of commentary in the last few weeks about um, ARM going on to NASDAQ and SoftBank um, um, sort of choosing that route rather than the London market. You know, I, I just don't, I just think that's a little bit of red herring for the London markets overall. I think it, for me, it's really all about what's happening in the mid-market. That gives me a better understanding of what the health of the UK capital markets are in the tech sector, rather than whether SoftBank comes here or the US, if I'm really honest. And we're still not seeing any significant IPO activity. Until we see that, um, I think we can, uh, we, can, we can reserve judgment on any significant recovery. Um, but I do think when you think about what's happening more broadly, debt is getting, obviously getting a lot more expensive. And the equity available on the capital markets looked so unattractive for, for quite a long time uh, because of that uh, relative attractiveness of debt, which is obviously a big component of um, private equity deals. That's now changing. And as I said in, in my last podcast before the summer break, the other thing that I think is changing is that as we go through the next year or two, um, PE back, CEOs of PE back companies will start to realize that sweet equity is no longer the kind of sure thing that it has been over the last 10 years, as, as it just gets a lot harder to, to generate returns in private equity than it has been given the changes in the debt market. So and the, the, that l lower use of debt or the ability to use less debt. So I think that the, the overall trends are modestly in favor of a recovery in the capital markets, but I wouldn't get carried away by that. So I think we will see more activities through the end of this year and into next year, but we'll see whether that is a trickle or hopefully a flood. So that's it on capital markets. I'll look next at what's been going on in private equity. So perhaps surprisingly, as I've mentioned uh, before, uh, actually a really strong period for private equity activity. I talked in, in June and, and previously about you know, a very tricky fundraising market or an increasingly tricky fundraising market for private equity. Uh, difficulty getting deals done because of um, budgets moving around because the trading uh, conditions in the sector are, uh, are, are kind of volatile at the moment or more volatile and valuations are all over the place or have been all over the place. So um, interesting and surprising and positive, I guess, to see that uh, private equity activity has been strong, particularly in the MBO market, which is really the lifeblood, I think, of the private equity sector. 13 MBOs in, the, in, the, in July and August, up from nine in July and August in 2022. Secondary buyouts were down a bit, uh, down to six, down from eight last year, but that's actually a better performance. We've seen very few in the first six months of the year, so that actually represents uh, not a bad performance and quite a few chunky ones that I'll talk you through, or some of them. One carve out compared to three last year, and very interesting, and very interestingly, and I will spend a bit of time on that, two public to privates in the software sector. So overall, eight deals in ICT services, 14 in software, so a good mix across the sectors. Just look at a few of the deals quickly, just sort of pick out some of the more interesting ones. In the MBOs, LDCs, a buyout of um, CDEX, 50 million, we think, enterprise value um, uh, for that GRC software business. Uh, Bomark doing a, what we thought was, what we think is about 100 million uh, fintech buyout in the form of Lenscape. Um, at the smaller end, 
A couple of ICT services deals, one FPE um, closing the deal with Noblu uh, in IT consulting and Phoenix closing Nostra for what we think was about 25 million in IT managed services. So actually a really good spread of, of, of what, I would call, call what I would describe as classic kind of MBOs. Within secondary buyouts, I think the most, there was, there was um, a handful, as, as I said, one of the most interesting things, uh, one of the most interesting ones for my money is Kerridge. We've been slightly, it's the same in ICT services and, and in software, but we haven't, we've been sort of waiting to see where the, where the valuations settle down for some of these mid-market and larger mid-market transactions. We think this deal where Axel KKR sold its stake to CatVest was about 100 million valuation, and we think that's about 16 tri times trailing EV, well it is about 16 times trailing EV EBITDA, and I think that's a really interesting data point because you know, obviously during the COVID uh, bump, uh, we saw uh, you know, high growth, sexy so software stocks in the PE world trading as high as 30 times EV EBITDA, and even the lower growth, more mature businesses like Kerridge, uh, which let's be honest, has got some technical debt in there as well, isn't, isn't an all singing, all dancing SaaS company by any means. Those businesses would have been trading in the 20s, low 20s probably. So it seems like, although we need more data points, that these sort of larger PE deals for software businesses have kind of come down by a good few turns, but we'll need a few more data points to, to see whether that's the case. And really got back to where they were pre-COVID to a large degree, so it's kind of as you were. A couple of other decent-sized SPOs to look at. Evolution Funding, that was a big exit for LDC. Um, 300 million, we think. It's a motor finance platform uh, exiting to Carlisle. Um, and... Um, you know, other, the, there was two or three other deals in the hundreds of millions. So I think really a, quite a strong, uh, strong period for SBOs, even though the numbers were down slightly, the number of transactions was down slightly. And so um, looking at the P2Ps, which I said was only two deals in P2Ps, but I think both of these are really interesting because they are the two businesses concerned, Instem and Blanco, Blanco Technology Group, uh, are what I would describe as classic mid-market stock market businesses. Instem that takeout value is about 200 million, Blanco is about 175 million, so that real solid mid-market. Um, and you know, both decent premiums, uh, Instem was a 41% premium, uh, share price premium, and Blanco was a 25% premium, not hugely generous there. Uh, Valuation-wise, Instem looks like it's about 16 and a half times currently at EV EBITDA. Blanco more like 13 times. Uh, Blanco's Francisco partners at Instem is Archimed. But you know, this this is such a significant thing for me that these businesses. We obviously saw some of the big buyouts last year, which is very significant, as in P2Ps of the likes of Aviva and so on. But um, these businesses, to my mind, are the lifeblood of the stock market. And they're just being hollowed out. You've got these two going. Emis is going soon. It looks like Alpha is. Okay, it's not happening at the moment, but it looks like that's the way that's headed as well, which are also these sort of classic mid-market businesses. And actually, I, I thought it was interesting just to look at some of the data we've got on the platform about this, just to get my head around where we are in terms of public companies versus private companies. When you look at software, there are now just 20, and I, sorry, to take a step back, 30, uh, I looked at software businesses and ICT services businesses with 30 to 100 million turnover, because this is this sort of classic mid-market I've been talking about. Of, the, of that size, there are 25 publicly owned software businesses before Emis and Instem and Blanco go private. So it's fewer than that now, or will be soon, of revenues between 130 and 100 million. There are more than double that number, 59 PE-backed businesses, and actually there are almost as many, 17 owner-managed software businesses of that size. And it gets even worse when you think about ICT services. There are just eight ICT services businesses of that size range, compared to 70 PE-backed businesses and 71 owner-managed businesses of that size. So 
you know, the, 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 the PE world is just so much bigger than the, 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 the stock market world now. And, you know, even though I talked in the last, in the last section about being a little bit more positive, positive about the capital markets, not even, not even the most, not even the most positive and bullish um, person on the stock market, uh, on the outlook for the stock market, would think that that, that, that kind of imbalance is going to get redressed anytime soon. So interesting, P2P deal is really significant, I think. And interesting that these businesses that have been trading at about that kind of, they're being taken off the market at really quite low valuations compared to historic numbers that were in the 20s or even higher. So that's an interesting feature as well, I think. What about the outlook for private equity? Well, look, some of the negatives I talked about in June and before that haven't gone away. It's still quite a tough market for PE fundraising. That hasn't suddenly turned around overnight. And I do think some, of, some PE firms will not raise their next fund. And I do think that will continue to be a drag on the market. Um, I do think, as I mentioned briefly in the highlights, that in certain areas, there is a bit of a cork in the bottle. I think particularly mid-market ICT services. We're aware of a handful of three to 500 million um, ICT services businesses that are ready to transact, but still think they're worth 15 times EV EBITDA, when no one else thinks that. And I think that no one want, none of the investors or the management teams wants to blink first on that and be the seen to the one to come out and get a lower valuation. But realistically, those businesses are worth 12 to 13 times if they were worth 15 times a year ago at best. And I think once that cork comes out of that bottle, we'll see A, more of those deals, and B, we'll see some of the M&A activity that I think has been, I mentioned earlier, has been weaker because um, of this slight sort of constipation that's going on in, in that part of the market uh, will uh, we'll get going again. So that's a pretty gross analogy, but um, hopefully you understand where I was going with it. So that's a look at... Um, that's a look at what's been going on in private equity, um, and we'll look now at what has been actually a really quite positive period for venture capital. So after what has been really quite a grim uh, 12 months for the venture capital market, after what had been previous to that, a real bull market, and, and some would say a bubble, we definitely feel like, it definitely feels like we're starting to see some kind of level of uh, normality return to the market in, in venture capital. And it was really quite a positive uh, few months, a uh, couple of months for the, for, for the market. As I mentioned earlier, 60, 62 deals registered on a database for venture and growth capital deals during July and August, down slightly on the year ago period, but fundraising total was up nearly 20% to 932 million. I think that's really quite significant because we've seen a kind of we've seen significant declines, year-on-year -year declines pretty much every month over the last over the last few months. Although it has to be said, the comparables are now getting a lot easier for VC. So we will start to see some, some more positive uh, comparisons, I think. Interestingly, we are seeing strength in growth capital, Series A, Series B, which all up year on year. But either end of the market, the very small pre-Series A deals uh, is still quite quiet. And they were down significantly um, um, over the summer compared to last year. And also, we're still not seeing a return to the volume of anywhere near the volume of kind of large, very large 100 million plus late stage deals, uh, uh, as we saw uh, certainly in 2021 and the early parts of 2022. Um, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go through too many uh, or any actually of, the, of the, the specific deals this month. There are really too many to mention. But just to talk a little bit about some of the sort of areas of the market, it was a busy period for business and consumer software deals, 12 of those. That, was, that led the, the table for numbers of deals. But also, I mentioned a few times in the last few months that this in what we call the information management and cybersecurity segments, um, particularly the former of those two, uh, really focused increasingly on AI deals. That continues to be very strong. Total of 10 deals in that part of the market. But government healthcare is still strong with nine. Uh, CRM deals, seven. HCM and FCM, eight. 
fintech deals, which, as you know, were the darling of the VC world in the previous bull market run, uh, are fewer on, fewer on the ground now. But there were six of those. There were six of those during over the summer. So still a good number of those deals coming through. And as I, as I touched on a little bit earlier, it, <clears throat> AI is just becoming such an important part of the, the sort of the, 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 the resurgence, I think, in confidence. Resurgence is probably overstating it. Somewhat, something of a recovery in confidence in the VC market. And it's not just in that information management space where the likes of Quantex that I talk a lot about on, the, um, on this show um, are in that part of the market, very much AI-driven businesses. But also I'd pick out, um, I'd pick out the 50 million fundraise from Tractable uh, during, uh, during the summer. Uh, you know, Tractable, as some of you will know, a really uh, high pro, quite a high profile insurtech business that uses AI in the claims process. So that AI is just becoming pervasive in the VC market. And as we always see this when you see these technological shifts, when SaaS happened, it was always in the v it was in the VC market well before it was in the mid market for obvious reasons. You don't need me to explain. And we're seeing the same thing in VC now. Really. Uh, you know, uh, AI is driving so many of these deals, and I think that's going to be a feature that we're going to see much, much more of going forward. And actually, just one thing also to touch on, although the fibre market, um, you know, I think a lot of us saw that coming, particularly my learned colleague, Mr. Cars, who is a real expert on this part of the market, you know, uh, that there was significant overfunding in the, uh, and remains uh, overfunding in the UK fibre build-out market. There is still money going to that. University Superannuation Fund um, put another 150 million into G Network. So there is money still going to these and a big debt raise for one of the other ones uh, from Aries as well during, uh, during the summer. So there's still money going into the fiber build out um, just at the same time as there's some, some businesses going pop and some, um, some, some sort of under pressure mergers as well. So interesting dynamics in that part of the market. As ever, I refer you to our, our quarterly report on, on that if you're a Megabyte subscriber, which gives you all the data that you would ever need on the UK fiber build out market. So Outlook on VC, I think, is looking more positive. I think that um, I think that the best of venture partners, uh, Cloud Index, I mentioned previously, um, this is a real bellwether. I think for even though they're quoted stocks, they are typically the more um, the high value, higher growth stocks that are more analogous to, to VC, if you like. And the VC community, I know, look at that quite closely. That's been pretty stable, um, having had a shocking time of it um, over the sort of twelve months up to this spring. Um, and the, the valuation there came down from the 20s to where it is now in the sort of mid to high single digits. That's helping confidence that that's stable. And I think we're really seeing a pretty positive uh, fundraising environment now, albeit those lower levels of valuations in the A to C, Series A to C and in growth capital. Not sure we're going to see any massive recovery anytime soon in the early, early stage stuff or the later stage stuff, which frankly was a little bit, uh, was a little bit spray and pray anyway, even more than VC is uh, by, its by its default. Um, and um, you know that again, I think it's a bit like the MBO in private equity. I just think those series Series A and Series B deals are so important for the lifeblood of the VC back market that I think it's really good to see those those businesses going and those deals coming through. I would say that we shouldn't get carried away, as as I've said in a, a few times that, uh, in this month's show. There's still businesses out there that are. That are really finding it hard, VC-backed businesses, to balance the fact that they're trying to get cash flow positive or near a cash flow positive while still maintaining growth so they don't have to do a down round. And a bit like I mentioned in the last section about some of these ICT services businesses that, that, that really can't quite get, bring themselves to admit that they might be, their valuation might be 10 or 20% lower than it was a year ago. I think that more of those VC-backed businesses are going to have to bite the bullet and do a down round um, in the next 12 months, and that's going to be quite painful. So there is some pain, I think, to still to come in the VC market, but things do feel like they're getting, they're getting better, and I do think we're seeing an improving outlook there.
So better picture in VC, I will wrap up as I always do with a look at M&A and then I'll talk a bit more generally about the outlook. In contrast to what's really a more positive tone in private equity and venture capital, deal flow in M&A has continued to be um, quite subdued um, over the summer, especially in ICT services, where, as I mentioned, tighter debt markets definitely feel like they're having an impact on some of the volume M&A we've been seeing a lot of over the last couple of years. And I just think the more out cautious outlook generally is, is impacting M&A volumes um, in both software and ICT services. Um, as I mentioned previously, a total of 100 transactions uh, in the period down from 119 in July and August last year. So quite a significant reduction overall. But to be fair, not materially different month on month to what we've seen through most of the first half of this year. So overall, not terrible, um, but, but you know, also really quite, still quite subdued. Um, 44 deals in ICT services, that was down 24%, um, and 56 deals in software, that was down 8%. So we are seeing more weakness in ICT services, ICT services than we are in software for the reasons that I've talked about. Just to touch on a couple of the key deals we've seen in, in ICT services um, and in software, as I mentioned previously, actually, although the overall volumes were down, there was quite a, a number of chunky deals over the summer, uh, given that it's normally quite a... Uh, a quiet period. That's, that's, I guess, one significantly positive sign. Um, in ICT services, Wireless Logic buying Tel Aviv-based webbing, £274 million deal. So very significant deal for Wireless Logic, even though it is now a pretty chunky business in its own right. That was pretty transformational for, for, for that business and great to see, even after it's been in PE ownership for well over a decade, the Wireless Logic is still showing real ambition to be a global leader in its field. Um, Elsewhere in ICT services, Insight UK, the, um, the US headquartered sort of global uh, reseller behemoth acquired in IT consulting, Amdaris, that was a £90 million deal. And although I have said that uh, overall volumes are down, which they are, uh, there is still quite a lot of activity going on from serial acquirers, Curve, Midwich, Red Squid, Focus, Babel, Node4, BCN, Southern Comms and others, all completed deals over the summer. So I wouldn't want to overstate how much um, you know, how much of a downturn we're seeing in ICT services, volume M&A, but it's definitely there. Turning to software, um, Insight Software acquired Vislib, 85, uh, what we think was a £65 million deal. In the payment space, Rapid acquired the global business of PayU for £475 million, so chunky deal there. And um, um, in the software sector, really interesting deal, actually. We've talked, obviously, going back to the genesis of this show, I've talked a lot about Access Technology Group um, as a kind of leader in its field in terms of that M&A kind of roll-up, uh, a kind of methodology that I guess started with Visma back in the day and has been imported into the UK, and Access is really the poster child for that. But it's been quite clear for a while that Access has, has sort of switched tack a little bit, having done a large volume of smaller deals, it is now moving on to bigger deals, and it did really quite a chunky deal. I mean, it's still relatively small compared to the overall size of Access, but much bigger than it had been doing. In the form of Guestline, which is a leader in the hospitality software, we think that deal was done about 125 million. No particular view on where the EV EBITDA multiple was there because it's quite hard to triangulate current profitability on that business because it was changing quite quickly. Um, so sadly, we don't get a data point there, but definitely interesting, interesting kind of signpost for Access's, um, Access's uh, strategy in terms of those bigger M&A deals. And as I mentioned earlier, um, a broader tech, more kind of tech-enabled services, YouGov um, acquiring um, uh, GFK's consumer panel business. And that was a... Um, the the uh, 50 million fundraising they did that I talked about at the beginning of the show part funded that 270 million pound deal. So again, pretty chunky M&A. So it's not all bad in M&A by any means, uh, um, although still subdued in areas. 
So just to wrap up generally uh, what we're seeing um, in the market and you know it's good to see that the summer months have been quite a bit busier than certainly I would have expected particularly in M&A but also perhaps an earlier turnaround in VC than I was expecting uh, and that certainly bodes well I think for the outlook for the rest of the year. I um, and, and overall I have to say I'm probably more positive, well I am more positive on the outlook than I've been for over a year now. I don't think there's going to be some miraculous recovery, I think it's going to be slow and patchy um, and I think that it will will take one step forward and two steps back in certain parts of the market. But I just get a sense that tech investors and the boards of tech companies that we talk to are getting their head around the new norm of higher interest rates, somewhat lower valuations. And I think that process will take the rest of this year to work its way through. And then I think we will start to see quite a rapid recovery, I think, in valuations. Not, sorry, not in valuations. I think we'll quite see a pretty rapid recovery in sentiment and deal flow. I don't think valuations will do anything particularly exciting in the short to medium term. You know, we just, we saw this exactly this dynamic in 08, 09, as we entered into 2010. And bear in mind that that downturn was way worse for the economy than what we've seen in the last, in the last 12 months. Um, things really started to pick up quite quickly as we went from 2010 onwards. And I think we're going to see a similar dynamic next year. So I am pretty positive on that outlook, but we shouldn't get carried away. And, you know, I just think, as I said on when I was talking about capital markets, that the, 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 the impact of the cost of debt, we're still seeing that dynamic play out, particularly as it pertains to um, private equity, the attractiveness of private equity and the debt behind that versus the capital markets. And I do think that alters the equation to some degree between the attractiveness of those two, making capital markets a bit more attractive, private equity a bit less attractive. And it will take a while for this whole thing that I talk about, um, sweet equity not being a, a sure thing anymore. It'll take a number of years really for that to fully play out. So I wouldn't want to overstate that, but I do think there's that dynamic. It's going to play out a bit, certainly over the next 12 or 18 months, and we shall see. So um, that is it for um, our post-summer show. Um, I hope that was helpful. I hope you feel like you're up to date again in what's been going on. I know I do. Um, I hope you managed a good rest um, over the summer, and um, I look forward to speaking to you again in early October. Until then, uh, take care and thank you for listening.